Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. This episode features two women from the Working Ranch Cowboys Association, Casey Hooper, WRCA Foundation Manager, and Peyton Holtkamp. Soon to be Holtkamp, that is, formerly Peyton Plumbing. She gets married on August 1st. Congratulations, Peyton. Peyton is the WRCA Membership and Digital Marketing Coordinator. Casey grew up in northern New Mexico on the WS Ranch. After high school, she attended Panhandle State University on a basketball scholarship and graduated with a major in agricultural education and a minor in animal science. After finishing at PSU, she took her first teaching and rodeo coach job at Cochise College in Douglas, Arizona, and to date, she has taught agri-science in Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Today, Casey makes her home in Amarillo and works for the Working Ranch Cowboys Association as the foundation manager. Peyton grew up in Elkhart, Kansas, and was highly involved in 4-H, FFA, and athletics. After high school, she went on to play college basketball at Seward County Community College in Liberal, Kansas, where she received her associate's degree in ag business and a minor in agronomy. Since Peyton was a kid, her family has been coming to the WRCA World Championship Ranch Rodeo as spectators, and she even helped with program sales in the past. Today, she is one of the three WRCA staff members, and her title is the Working Ranch Cowboys Association Membership and Digital Marketing Coordinator. I'm really excited today because we have two guests for the first time ever on the podcast. So I want to welcome Casey Hooper and Peyton Fleming from the WRCA, which is the Working Ranch Cowboys Association. Thank you both so much for for joining us today. Absolutely. And it's kind of neat. This is literally going to be beyond the saddle, Um, a different spin on things and I think it'll be very beneficial to the listeners, a little bit about what we do, a little bit about our cultures and and how it all kind of wraps together with the same the same thing in mind. With the, and so I think it'll be beneficial. It'll be beneficial for me, and I can't speak for Peyton, but I'm pretty darn excited. Yeah, well, thanks for having us. And you know, just to follow up with Casey, we don't get to do these things very often. So, you know, when we get to get the ranch word out there and to let people know that we're still here and still kicking and we enjoy having fun and, you know, also putting on all of our ranch rodeos and how tied into the equine world we actually are. We enjoy it. So thanks for having us on. Oh, my pleasure. It's going to be a lot of fun to get to know the both of you, as well as, um, like you guys mentioned, kind of the, the cowboy way and diving into the WRCA. So can one of you or both of you explain what is the WRCA for our listeners who maybe don't know? Early in the 90s, the WRCA was formed by Working Ranch Cowboys, basically an idea of here we've got men and women that work on ranches and we are, how would I put it without sounding tactful, we're very rich in lifestyle, but the pocketbook is kind of shallow. So if someone gets hurt and they're working for an outfit, a lot of times, what do you do? You know, you're pulling cowboy wages, you're out on a camp, you're in charge of this many head of cattle, they're your responsibility. But if you get hurt, you pretty much are who's going to take your spot. So what the the directors did is they wanted to showcase the working ranch cowboy and the tradition and the heritage and be able to give back to those and help them in need. So they formed the WRCA and did a giant fundraiser, which ended up being 
this will be our 25th year of it, but it's the World Championship Ranch Rodeo. With that comes the nonprofit side of the foundation that started in 2001. And that put us on the books as a true nonprofit. Um, that's why you'll hear association is the sporting side, the rodeo side, and the ranching and tradition heritage side. And then you have the foundation side, which is the nonprofit, which gives us the capability of completely helping those people. So we've grown in 25 years, and that, that's just a nutshell, right? How do we get so big? Well, I'll tell you, it didn't ever turn into be a hauling contest, but these cowboys, they like to, and when I say cowboys, Katie, I, I mean cowgirls too. Mm. We, um, it's kind of like a, an umbrella for us. I don't know. It's just kind of how I was raised. I cowboyed. I never was called, well, there's the cowboy crew and the cowgirl. It never was like that. It's like an umbrella. If you cowboy for a living and you punching cattle, not literally, but moving them, you're under that umbrella. That is basically where we turn to. And now we can help those folks through donations, through a crisis and our scholarship. And here we are today. I probably went a giant circle, but that's a nutshell. <laughs> that's a perfect nutshell. It's it's a lot, right? I think people who have kind of a 10,000 foot view or even higher, right, don't really understand the WRCA um, has such that large outreach component. Um, they think of just like your events, right? So you mentioned you yes. championship range rodeo, right? So people think of that more as like an association because they're familiar with that. But it's really all the work exactly. you guys do behind the scenes, too, that make the organization so cool. The organization itself, you know, like I said, when I say it was a hauling contest, when the founding directors started this, they, they had a few rodeos, right? And the winner of each rodeo would qualify for the world championship. We put that on in November and and then it just took off and took off and took off. So like 22 sanctioned rodeos this year from Arizona, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Texas. Wow. And so we try to showcase that area. And then whenever that winner wins that sanctioned rodeo, then come November, they've got the invitation to the world championship. And that's where we come in. We go to the sanctioned rodeos. We present that winning packet. Boom, we have them here. And then the winner of that gets a whole kit and caboodle and it's a done deal. But it but within that championship, we've grown too with the ranch horse competitions, the youth cow horse competitions, trade and trappings, ranch equipment show. It's kind of like old home week. For sure. Well, but this year marks your 25th World Championship Ranch Rodeo, which is very exciting. So congratulations on that, that big milestone. Thank you. <laughs> um, Thank you. Tickets are on sale, right? So people can go and buy their ticket, make their plans for November. I know everyone's looking forward to traveling towards the end of this year and going and doing fun stuff. You know, being 25 years, I think we want to make it bigger and bigger and better um, like we try to do every year, but just try to, you know, incorporate our history. And that's where, really where we're focusing this year. Um, we've done a lot of cool things on my side. And Casey's helped a lot with it, too, of just putting out an archive of, you know, all the winners and pictures. And, you know, just we've gotten a kick out of how many people we've known since the very beginning. Me cool. being the youngest one in the office, you know. I was only three years old when some of these people were competing. So it's just, and how styles have changed. And it's one spot when we take pride in it, that when you come to world championship rodeo, that it is one spot you can see the kids just roam freely because they know, you know the parents know that the kids are going to be okay. And if not, I'm one of them are going to say, Hey, 
like I know your dad and then they're going to straighten up immediately and then you know it just goes on so it's just really cool to see the kids grow up mm-hmm. and then they start competing on ranch teams and just to know that it's all a family organization. Very cool environment. That sounds like my kind of people. <laughs> that gives us a great look at sort of what the WRCA is, um, some of you know your big event coming up for the end of the year, um, and sort of that 10,000-foot view. Um, but I'd love to know, can each of you explain what your specific role is with the WRCA? Like, what is your day-to-day job? Basically, being the membership and digital marketing coordinator, I work primarily with the association side. And I do everything membership from the tedious, it's time for you to renew or asking for people to become members and kind of being the face of, we would like you to join, getting the message out there that you don't have to compete with us to be a member. If you want to support the Working Ranch Cowboy lifestyle and ranching on a national level, then, you know, we welcome you here with open arms and we would love you to back our mission. It all ties back into the digital marketing and social media with how today's times are are becoming. We would have never thought it would have been as big as it actually is. Just trying to dip our toe out in that water and, and keep our message and our foundation right in front of folks to, so they know when our events are happening and how they can get in touch with us here at the office. And we are a very small office. There's only three of us. So like Casey said at the beginning of all of this, we wear several hats. So just because I'm membership coordinator in digital marketing doesn't mean that I don't help her with the foundation stuff or Lehman, which is the other one here in the office. Um, with team cards or anything like that. So we all rotate around to do specific tasks and everyone likes to think that we are a a big office, but it's kind of headed by the three of us and then our board who tells us what to do. So um, you just never know what you're going to get on the day-to-day basis. And and that is true. And, and when we talk about the day-to-day basis, Peyton didn't give herself enough credit. She is the youngest in the office, but she keeps me in line. Like, I don't have Facebook or, Facebook or Twitter or nothing like that. I think I have an obsession, uh, a personality that obsesses on things. And I think I'd spend more time wanting to know what is cool than really what I'm supposed to do. Sure. So I tend to her to, I'm like, Peyton, what's going on today? And she's like, well, Casey, if you'd get your own Facebook, you would know what's going on. I'm like, yeah, but you know, I, if I need to get out, talk to my friends, I'll just call them. They're in my phone. And they're like, well, that's how people communicate now. So Peyton doesn't give herself enough credit. She does a lot of stuff that I, for one, will admit I know nothing about. But also within that, when you have that many sanctioned rodeos through the year, it doesn't seem like much. When you put it in perspective with the PRCA or or different, even AQHA events or Peyton Horse events or any kind of hunter, jumper, dressage, there's all 24. You think, oh, well, you know, 24 ranch rodeos. How hard is that? Well, we've all got to go to them, right? So Peyton and I and, and Lehman Wall, we go to those rodeos. And if we can't make it, then we send a board of director or they might go and we meet them there. Mm-hmm. So that young lady needs to give herself some credit because she does more than what she thinks. She has to keep me in line, <laughs> which is very, very difficult. Um, if y'all but... only knew. <laughs> okay, so that's her role. And then I, on the foundation side, is kind of the reason why... 
we do all this, right? Um, everyone, like you said, Katie, in the beginning, everyone at that 10,000 aerial, that, oh, that snapshot, everyone does think of the rodeo. Everyone thinks of the ranch bronc riding and the stray gathering and the team pinning and the wild cow milking and the branding. And they think of that. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why, and that is the foundation. And so it's very simple to say what we do. We help in crisis and scholarship or natural disaster. But within that little TP that I just mentioned, inside that is a a pride factor and a heritage. Like um, we help people from all over the United States. And I might have never met somebody that lives in Idaho that got in a horse wreck or and him and his wife are in a bad way or, or whatever. But we talk to them and we try to figure out how we can help them with the donor dollars mm-hmm. and maybe never have met the guy. But his immediate need, we've got to give them a hand up, not a handout. And everything in my chair works on a confidentiality. It's that cowboy way of thinking. My business is my business, and I don't ever share the amounts given unless they tell them they can say whatever. But I never, our people don't ever ask for help. It's usually the neighbor. It's usually the guy that works with them. Mm-hmm. It's usually somebody that knows that family that calls and says, you know, Casey, there's a family that is kind of in a bad way. Do you mind reaching out? No problem. It ends there. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a trust issue that takes place. And it's our culture. And it doesn't matter. I think if you're involved with horses, cattle, anything, there's a group of people that, one, we're all just crazier than crazy. But um, we have this this pride that, that in our soul that it's either there or it's not. And it's a compassion for people. And it's a compassion and for livestock and it, it, it's a, a stewardship of our land. And so we take that with that foundation and it sounds very, very, very easy to just talk health with people. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to really building a relationship with someone and then there's a trust factor there and it's all starts with respect. So that seat gets kind of heavy sometimes. The scholarship side of stuff is a rewarding side. And and they're not just graduating high school seniors. It can be say you're working for an outfit and and they're wanting more education out of you or whatever and and you want to go back to ranch management school. We help that non-traditional student. You don't have to be a graduating senior from high school. Um, you can go into a ranch management program or a welding program or a nursing school, and we'll do whatever we can. So here's the qualifications for the crisis and scholarship, though. You're living as a working ranch cowboy, either as a full-time or a day worker, which means you work for several ranches. And But that's how you have to make your significant living. And that's the whole icing on the cake. But the flip side of that are the people that we can't reach out to and the people that might not have that, but there's a a livelihood in their soul that they are just so attracted to the working ranch cowboy side of life. That's how they can jump on as a member. You know, they have to have, everybody has to have a job and Mm -hmm. it's not, 
you know, our fault if we don't, if we have to be a dentist or a doctor or a truck driver, but our soul and passion is the Working Ranch Cowboy and that historical way of life. It's an awesome place to work to know you can make a difference. And also, you know, we live that lifestyle too. So what better job to have if you can still be yourself, still enjoy the lifestyle, still work your butt off, eh, but I got to go in the office and, you know, get some insurance, you know, kind of a thing. Absolutely. But, you know, I hope your listeners know we wish we had more time to do stuff with families or take a part of all the Brandons we're invited to or mm-hmm. take part in all these ranches that we know and get to visit with them. But I might meet you one time and we'll be friends for life. That's our livelihood. That's the people we run around. We might never met you, but we got your back kind of a thing. Well, it sounds like you both have very tough but very rewarding roles. Um, Peyton with being the face of membership and really keeping in contact with the whole patronage, but also keeping your finger on the pulse with digital marketing and all the changes that happen there. I applaud you, girl, because <laughs> that's a lot to keep track <laughs> me of. Me too. Changes all oh, the time. well, you know, it's it's changing every day. And so I think just trying to stay ahead of the curve as much as possible, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the fun part. Well, Peyton, can you explain uh, kind of your career journey? Like, how did you end up here working for such a cool organization? I guess people, you know, everyone likes to say it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I grew up in a farming and ranching community and um, more on the farming side than anything, but, you know, did did go and help with brandings, did move cattle, had that experience. And then going into college, I kind of was focusing on the feed and range management side of things. And then I took kind of a spin off that, was going for my agronomy degree, got my agronomy degree in ag business, and then went into being a seed sales. It just didn't feel right. I wanted to be back home. I wanted to be back horseback every day and, you know, just be with family. And I think the ag and ranching community is so family orientated and growing up being around family, it was hard to leave from that. So wanted to come back. And then um, just so happened that a position opened up here at WRCA. And I have been attending WRCA since I was a young kid. World Championship Rodeo was uh, happened when I was three. And I had attended it with my grandparents. And then I ended up selling programs and working um, when I could in between classes at the event. And then when the position opened, I thought I would apply and I just so happened to get it. So it kind of full circle, kind of a God thing. Uh, but to be. yeah, it really is. And, you know, everyone I work with is family. And that's just amazing, you know, to be who you are and not have to try to be someone you're not out in the big city. Well, there's not a lot of people that, you know, can say that. So that's the perfect place for you, it sounds like. Casey, what about you? How did you end up with the WRCA as a foundation manager? Oh, my Lord. It was quite the journey. No, it, it was actually a very simple journey. And, it, you know, I, I didn't want to go to college. So if, actually, those that are listening, I wanted to stay right there on the ranch. I was actually blessed with being able to be raised on a ranch that we didn't own. Um, my dad was a working ranch cowboy for the ranch for several years. And so when I had the opportunity to go somewhere, it was kind of in the 90s. Now I'm really showing my age, you two. It was something that you just knew, okay, well, everyone's saying to go to college. I guess I will, but I think I'm going to go where somewhat like home. Well, I grew up at 10,000 feet in northern New Mexico, so that's going to be a hard one to beat. Mm. But I went to school at Panhandle State University, and uh, it's where I needed to be. 
Well, there are schools everywhere. It was far enough from home that my parents knew I wouldn't be home all the time. They needed me to go out and not just take it from the cowboy crew that I worked with every day. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to go experience life a little bit. So off to the plains of Oklahoma I go, which is ironic. Peyton is from that area. So when I hit those plains, I thought, oh, my Lord, this has got to be the ugliest part. Where am I? You know. <laughs> And uh, my parents water, dropped me water off. the and, mountains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My parents dropped me off, and I didn't have a vehicle. That they, well, they didn't want to give me one, I don't think, the first semester because I'd be home all the time. But long story short, my dad told me, he said, if you run, these people here will see you for miles and miles and miles. So I stayed hooked there, um, got an ag ed degree. And then when I graduated college and then went out to Arizona and was a girls rodeo coach out there and worked on some ranches out there. And then I thought, I just want to be back. What can I do to be closer to home? And lo and behold, there was an ag position opened in Amarillo, Texas. And they were looking for somebody to take on a uh, Title I school, start an ag program. I thought, well, this is ingenious because I don't want to show animals. I don't know anything about it. We showed animals when I was a kid and the bears ate them. No joke. And so we thought our FFA program and 4-H programs were based around wildlife management, range management, and things that were from our environment. So I thought this is going to be a cool gig. It's interesting because when the championship was in town, I'd have my ag kids go and volunteer. And it was like old home week for me because I saw people that my parents knew or that I had known or had worked for. And, but yet my kids could experience the lifestyle and they loved it. Well, then I started volunteering for WRCA. Mandy Morton, who was the association manager at the time, said, hey, you know all these people and you are like a a very good fit for what we're needing for, to join the team. And it was still three people. And uh, I said, well, I don't, I don't know. Here's the question. Do they have insurance? Because as a working ranch cowboy or any lifestyle, you ask yourself when you get older, I want to do it. I don't want to live out my, you know, bedroll and my teepee all the time anymore. But as you get older, you're like, how how's the insurance over there? You know, so they did. And I was like hook, line and sinker. And that's how I came into WRCA. Wow. 15 years it's- as of yesterday. Oh, man. yeah. Well, you know, it's it's the longest gig I've ever done because that's my life. <laughs> that's our lifestyle. Usually you just pack the bag and take off down the road. I bet the two of you have some really stellar advice to give. So if you could turn back time and talk to your freshman college self, what would you say? Well, Faye, do you want me to start it off? Sure. Go for it, Casey. <laughs> I, I literally... Literally, cheap beer isn't always better. That's the one thing I would say. But (laughs) on a serious note, I would keep going. And if you have the opportunity as a freshman, make friends with one instructor. And if you change paths, that's okay. You find a path that works for you. Um, A lot of times there's a misconception that everybody wants to be doctors and lawyers. And it's true. Everybody wants to do that. However, you might not want that you might take another journey. And so take it upon yourself to build one relationship with somebody and trusting them. Ask them questions. Make friends with the lady that runs the registrar's office because she'll save your bacon when it's time to enroll in school. If that's something that you want to do, just do what courses you pick. Take a degree that's going to make you happy. There's one thing that nobody can take away from you, 
and that is your education, regardless if it's a six-month program all the way into like a doctoral. Mm-hmm. It's something, you know, that's one thing no one can take away from you is your education, but college isn't for everybody. And that goes, goes along with life. I've learned, you know, just try to build those relationships because you'll never know when you might need that. So true. What about you, Peyton? What advice do you have? Get up and go to class would be probably the one that, um, no, thank gosh, I was a college athlete and my coach enforced that, but, um, probably to stay hooked into my, you know, English classes, because lo and behold, I thought I would never have to write a paper about anything ever again or do anything like that. But mm-hmm. here I am and now having to, you know, make sure my punctuation is correct. And, oh, you know, it just goes on and on. But <laughs> yeah, get up and go to class and, and just and pay attention and, and get involved, I think is the best thing that anyone could ever tell any college student because the people you meet throughout your life can be some of the most influential people in your life and and steer you in the right direction. Don't ever be afraid to stop and, and listen to your elders and or teachers or peers um, because you might need that little bit of information somewhere down the line. That is great advice. So very true. And those those sometimes are the people that stick with you, right? That you remember or you remember those moments. So yeah, I love that. Well, and the both of you are a testament to you followed your passion. Um, you work for an organization that you truly believe in. Um, you get to you get to ranch, you get to ride your horses, you get to be a part of the lifestyle, but also you get to work in the office and help support all those people too. So there's I think there's opportunities like that that people forget about or don't see, you know, of how you can still be involved and, and still support what you love. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And it's a very, very important. Don't let people try to dictate what you want in life. If that's what you want to do, then you can make that happen through hard work. It doesn't mean you have to just go all out in the beginning. You know, everything takes strides and it's expensive. I mean, not be honest. It's expensive to have a grocery bill. <laughs> so, you know, not just for myself, but you don't want a pet. You got to be true to that that horse and so just be cautious I mean and that definitely has been learned through experience for sure well let's talk more about horses I want to know what horses do you guys have in New Mexico my family have horses that we use for cow-calf operation and quarter horse and then we also have appendix we have quarter horse with thoroughbred mix and we have to have a horse that can travel rough country and so We've got to have a horse with a big old set of lungs and a big heart. So our horses are a little bit bigger, um, opposed to if you get down. I've noticed like in, in Texas, uh, when I moved here, they like that stacked and packed short rope and fast, you know, where we need them to be a travelers, but they're a little bit stouter, taller wise. And we do a lot of uh, outfitting, so we have to have involved mules into that. And so it's just a workable tool for us, um, and they're they're great. That's about it. I mean, that's what <laughs> mine – I mean, I don't know how to make it fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. What about you, Peyton? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm in between them. I haven't had one, you know, in a while, but Casey's right. You know, when – for us out in the out in the open, if we can do things faster and and quicker, that's the way we like it. Otherwise, we'll be chasing 
chasing cows for for miles and miles. But yes, real stacked and packed and real ready to go real fast because I don't I'm don't have all day. <laughs> I love it. And see, being from New Mexico, we got. It's interesting because when I moved to Texas, they tie on a lot, which means they're tied on hard and fast. Yes. When they and so when we rope something in New Mexico, you don't want tied on because we run and hit tree line rather quickly. Mm. And so it was a we dally everything, and it's just a difference in environment. It's a difference of location you know geographically everything is different and every from saddles to the head stalls to your gear everything is different so my horse that we would use at home would totally lose in a race not necessarily but um it's just a whole different environment it's so cool though, right? I mean, cause you, you hit the nail on the head, right? You need the horse for the job you've got and the job that you've got is way different than the job they have done in Texas, right? You're doing the same task, yes. but when you're out doing it in the environment, I just love that, right? We've got all these different horses for all these different needs, even for the same task. Well, um, that's a great story, but I wondered if you guys have a most memorable moment with horses that you could share. Oh gosh, that doesn't involve cussing. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean there there are tons. There there are really really tons. Um, but one in particular, when we were kids and and living at high elevation, there's a flower that blooms at the end of May, and and it goes dormant after June. And it, I don't know the scientific word for it, but it's called loco weed. So we get a lot of elk would get on loco weed, and it was always really fun and to go rope those elk and gotten a heck of a bind and then you know elk go to bears and then bears run up ropes and it, it was quite the catastrophe those are the memories that I have and then I have a another one where I got caught in a bog in a mud bog and the horse I was on took darn good care of me mm. and I just think about that a lot a good horse will do its best to take care of you but if you ever let your guard down one time is about when you're going to get hurt. So just being an honorary ranch kid and thinking the world's your oyster and you go out there and you have all this acreage and your horse and you are adventurous. I mean, I wish I could remember all the stories, but I kind of probably need to keep it a little G rated. <laughs> well, those were perfect. I can picture you roping elk and I, I that's something I would guess, yes. but not participate in. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. <laughs> it's just the idle mind is the devil's workshop. I wouldn't try it. I wouldn't advise it unless you've tried it a couple times. But you got to try it. You know? talks, Casey talks about elk. We talk about rope and hogs and all the other different things. So I, you know, I think she's right on just the, I think the most memorable moments really come from your childhood mm. on a horse because that's when you learn, learning from my grandpa or you know, other family members, you know, just the little things and how to take care of something and how it will take care of you. Um, because a, like Casey said, a good horse will, will also teach you things. It'll put you in the right spot at the right time. And I just think that that those moments mean more to anyone. And even as you get older, the right mount that you are on for you personally, that, that teamwork that you show with your horse 
those are the moments that it truly means the most. Priceless. Absolutely priceless. It's confidence. It's just like the dating world. You just keep dating until you find the right one. It's the same thing with horses. It's all good. I love it. Well, the horses can't pay for your dinner. That's true. You, pay <laughs> you for have to pay for theirs, though. That's right. You still have to feed them. That's right. Well, we're getting close to the end here. Um, I wanted to ask just a few more questions. And I'd love to know if you have just one horse industry recommendation. Um, so like one each of just anything horse related that, that you think our listeners should check out. I think going to good ranch sales. Uh, now you have to take it from our perspective. So, you know, that's kind of a question that I might send someone that's not into what I am and then they they're like, oh, that was terrible advice. But one of the women that I've grown up with and have worked with her on her ranch and stuff is at right out of Raton, New Mexico. Her name is Sally Schwartz, and she breeds probably the best ranch horses. She always told me a good horse is fun to watch, you know, in, when they're sorting cattle or when they're cutting and you watch them how they move out and how smooth they can be. And have a little bit of a temperament because they want to have that little bit of a, a edge to them. But I want to be able to put my small niece on that same horse. Mm-hmm. So disposition and it, my advice is to find somebody who is old school in a way that brings it back to the bare bones and, and not a rushed crash course. That's a good recommendation for sure. What about you, Peyton? Do you have one? Well. You know, everyone, you know, leans towards tack and, you know, a good saddle, I think, is something that people don't really understand. Um, And a saddle that fits the horse that you're on means the world a difference. And there's a lot of good makers out there. Any recommendations on that on on saddles? I don't want to get in the weeds on on who's who's better than the other, but (laughs) just to do your research and and the saddle that you ride in will mean the world a difference to you but also to your horse so absolutely just do your research on on that that is a great recommendation and something that sometimes we overlook right and like you said it can make a whole world of difference oh it does it does make a big difference mm-hmm. especially long hours yeah well do you have a non-horse recommendation so we want to get to know you guys just a little bit um so outside of your horse and ranching life is there anything that you think our listeners should check out that you just love Uh oh now we're talking (laughs) you want to start or i mean go for it that could go anywhere for all of us (laughs) well i know the people listening probably think of me as a supermodel as it is so i'm gonna not leave that image in their head So let them think I'm a supermodel. But actually, I'm very far from it. My dress attire is straight up 505 Levi's or 550s, long sleeve shirts and banner boots. I mean, it does not, I'm not fancy. But a little something that people probably don't know is the best thing ever, and I will talk technology, is when they came up with the Audible app. I do so much driving. I love listening to books on uh, used to be books on tape, but now you listen to them on, on just like your podcast. People can listen, download stuff and listen to them. Well, I'm a non-fiction history buff, you know, um, and there's a good book I just finished and it was called uh, Me and Patsy and it was written by Loretta Lynn. So all the way to like fiction history, like Ann Hillerman, something that has to do with a place and time, mm-hmm. but yet has a twist to it. So yeah, I 
I dig reading books on Johnny Cash, Waylon yeah. Jennings, Daniel Boone to Theodore Roosevelt. I don't know. But Audible I mean, makes it a lot easier. Casey got me hooked. You take one trip with Casey, <laughs> and then you're going to download Audible books everywhere. And, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, those we get a kick out of some of them. And some of the ones she picks, I'm not going to be, you know, <laughs> judgmental or anything, but it gets a little crazy. This would be a terrible spot to plug Joe Exotic, because I think everyone needs oh, to watch that Lord just have pure comedy. <laughs> It. It's a running joke around here, but <laughs> yeah, Netflix being, you know, in hotels or whatnot, just finding the new shows. We do a lot of that, but yeah, that's Audible and Netflix. That's about all we get. That's oh, our excitement. <laughs> that was even better. <laughs> that was a better recommendation section than I could have even imagined. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because, oh, and I, but I like the old classic rock, too. So, you know, I'm a hodgepodge of a jumbled thing of jelly beans. It's okay. <laughs> That's fun. That's what makes you fun. <laughs> well, speaking of fun, um, I wanted to wrap up with a game. Um, we'll play this or that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read off two options, um, and you'll both just give me your answer. So I'm really excited to do this with both of you, <laughs> because uh, maybe you'll have the same choices, and maybe you won't. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Red chili or green chili? Red. Green. Brisket? That's that New Mexican. (laughs) That's right. Brisket or pulled pork? Brisket. Brisket. Good choice. Is it chaps or is it chaps? Chaps. Yeah. Leggings. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And not the yoga ones. (laughs) Nope. Not those. Herford or Angus? Herford. Only Angus. because of where I'm from. Yeah. <laughs> Peyton goes with Angus. Yep. <laughs> All right. Wild cow milking or the ranch bronc riding? Ranch bronc riding. Oh, that you really? We had to go there? No. <laughs> it, I don't know. Ranch bronc riding because no one likes to do the wild cow milking. Just everyone. Boy, is it entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. It's a crowd pleaser, and both are ridiculously fun, uh, depending how this turns out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Do you wear your wild rag with a slide, or do you tie it? Tie it. Tie it. And what's your favorite WRCA event of the year besides the championships? Because that's cheating. Hugo Colorado. Yeah. Or Alpine, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, those are close, but I I really enjoy going to Mead. Just back home in home country so that's in kansas you have to tell them <laughs> yeah me kansas there you go <laughs> that's where Toto of lives. nowhere yes <laughs> last time i was there, there was tornado, a tornado. <laughs> you, might, yeah. you know you just never know what you're gonna get so it makes it interesting you gotta pack your slicker you gotta pack your rain boots whatever you got just throw it in there because you might need it oh my goodness keeps it exciting mm-hmm. um and how do you like your coffee Black. I start off black and then I add cream towards, well, it's noon and I'm still drinking coffee. (laughs) There you go. And what's the name of your favorite horse of all time? Molly. Oh, that one's hard. Called her D. D. D and Molly. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, Molly. She's a good one. Well, thank you. Her registered registered name was Osage Opal. Now, if that doesn't get more 
backwoods. I don't know what does, but Molly. Why call her Opal she instead was, of Molly? I guess a Molly just sounded better. Sound like a bad Western. Sounded like some, some tombstone. <laughs> it's bitter. Casey, you never know. Everyone has a nickname, and it don't have to partake to anything. Just whatever. <laughs> Katie, you're probably, we're going to probably have to, have to pay you just for sitting through this. Oh my gosh, no, this has been so much fun. <laughs> and we did it. We made it all the way through the end, all the questions. Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. This was truly amazing. Oh, heck yes. And viewers, I hope we didn't confuse you. And if you guys got any questions for me, just go through Katie and, and or both of us, or however we can help you, we will be more yeah. than happy to help. You look us up where... We're, he, we're on everything you can imagine and we'd be happy to answer any more questions and just let us know and we'd love to see you in November thanks for riding along know someone that would be great to interview have questions you'd like answered on the podcast send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media you can connect with us and learn more about the beyond the saddle podcast by following us on facebook and instagram at at beyond the saddle podcast find more episodes on apple podcasts soundcloud and stitcher beyond the saddle is a production of the equine podcast network an entity of the equine network